previously on Creek Chat. We're back in the bedroom. Oh, oh, back, back, back. She is hot for Supernatural's fucking dick. She's like, hey, check it. I'm going to get this really terrible fucking haircut, right? And then I'm just going to love you. I push Eddie to fucking LA and to another school because I believe in him and I want him to believe in himself and he finally does and I'm like damn it if he would have stayed here we could have still been fucking. Do you think that's it for Eddie? More than likely. I mean you gotta make room for Uncle Bill right? Eddie shows up. She's like what the fuck are you doing here Eddie? Hey Joey I'm going to wait for you forever. She was loving it loving it yeah, 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 loving it. But never, never for a single second forget that I love you. And I will always be here for you. Always. You don't have to wait, cause every Monday we are back with a new episode of the show Crew Chat. Here's our host. Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid's Presents Creek Chat. I'm your host, JT, burning passion of a thousand STDs money. And with me, my co-host, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting to remember that he is my guest. Yeah, I'm the best guest in the Midwest. I'm the man with the most fucking Nicolas Cage movies ever. Even more than Nicolas Cage himself. It is me, Chucky. B. We're here to talk about the final three pack of Dawson's Creek. The final cut. Because this is the final season. And these are episodes 16 through 18. That was then Sex and Violence and Love Bites. Now, before we kick into your predictions in the breakdowns, I want to point out this three pack was overall pretty fucking lackluster for the following reasons. Basic, simple, without even going into the storylines reasons. There was no Audrey, and almost no mention of Audrey. No Jack, and I can recall one mention of Jack. Correct. No David, and no Emma. And granted, we can assume that she's back in England, but that's not where we left things off. Where we left things off was still kind of up in the air, as far as I could tell. But again... Not even a mention of her. And while they just kind of fucking dip the tip in on Pacey's job, we again really get no further information about what's going on there. Although the reporter comes back, which makes me think she's got to know something. No, it almost makes me think she knows nothing. And that she was just fucking like digging for fucking clues. Okay, I mean, I could see reading it that way, but I'm reading it as she's hot on a fucking trail of watching a pattern of either both of these companies or one of these companies do shady things and she's trying to catch them in the act right now and she sees young totally inexperienced in over his head pacey witter as a perfect way to be able to fucking scoop in and catch it in real time but maybe that's possible too i don't know because they gave us next to nothing as far as what that means maybe i am reading too much into it but it seems silly to me to have this reporter come back and do nothing with these shady little seeds that have been planted in in my view at least no yeah all we really saw was her get dumped like just milked 
dumped all over her. Creamy milk. Yeah, Joey Joey creamed her. Flowing down her legs. Yeah, Joey creamed all over her pants. Yeah. Yeah, that happened in this episode. In one of them. This three-pack. You didn't predict that, but let's hear about what it, you couldn't have. You couldn't have. I should Here's have. Here's the thing. In the past, you have made predictions about milk and people running into each other at night, getting milk, drinking milk. So it's not unprecedented, right? Oh, those were some good predictions. Let's hear, let's hear these ones, though. Let's start out right now. That was then. We're going to get Joey saying something like she doesn't know if she wants to pursue this thing with Pacey. And then she says, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. That was then. This is now. And why not continue what we once had because it was ended on some superficial bullshit. Let's start it up again. The opposite of that fucking happens. Unfortunately. Pacey's job does not get addressed as three-pack. Bam. You knock that one basically right out of the park. Then you go on for a long-winded ramble about how nothing happens. And I think you end up changing your mind by the end. I should have just stuck with that because I, that's pretty right. You're like, I feel like something has to go there. But then again, this is a TV show and they could have just dropped the storyline like a pro wrestling storyline. If it does go down, I feel like it's only one of two ways that it happens. So here you're just kind of more speculating than you are predicting. So I won't read all of it. Uh, He gets fired or I don't know if I want to say he goes to jail or he goes to prison. For him, the series ends with, well, I'm doing 10 to 15. Um, I think you end up saying, like, nah, that probably won't happen. But then you bring it back around, and you're like, so as far as Pacey and Joey, I feel like they're going to be trying to, they're going to be seeing this through and see if this is something they can do until, once again, he does not have the financial stability. Once he gets fired from his job, then all of a sudden, it's back to where they were when they originally broke up. So you end up coming around to them not being together for a reason that doesn't happen. Like, so it gets murky there in terms of what I can give you for credit on predictions. Yeah, I mean, I would just say... It's a a walk. So the next one I have to give you some kind of credit for. Jack and David keep on keeping on until they're not. The show has given me no reason to think that they won't. And the show has given you no reason to think that they aren't for this whole three-pack. So credit for you. Yeah. Um, I feel like something's got to come to a head between Supernatural and Jen. And I don't know if that's at the stand. Maybe something happens where, like, someone kills themselves or after talking to someone at the stand or someone comes in real violent at the stand looking to fucking hurt someone, shoot up the fucking place, and Jen and Supernatural there, or maybe David dies, he gets hit in the crossfire, but in the end, Jen and Supernatural keep on keeping on. Why not? No, actually, Love Bites, they're gonna break up in Love Bites. Which, by Love Bites, it seems like they're doing the best they've ever done, I guess. Nah, yeah, I guess that didn't work either. I feel like we won't see Grams or Uncle Bill this three-pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, was totally wrong on that. <laughs> One for two. We don't see Uncle Bill, at least. We hear about him. Yeah, Grams broke his heart. I think it'll mostly be main people. Which, in episode one, we get a call back to a non-main person that goes back to season one. I think it was the last time we saw them. <laughs> Yeah, so we're bringing back the... But that also goes back to my other prediction, which is by <laughs> where it's like we're going to be getting callbacks. That's what I was going to point so, out. You've got like a season-long standing prediction, which is like we're going to get a bunch of old motherfuckers. So that's where I'm giving you credit. I'm going to say I'm going to look more at my my hits as opposed to my misses. I feel like everything has to be taken into consideration. 
<laughs> um, I think Audrey's going to stay in rehab a little bit longer. That's what I'm guessing she did because we didn't see her. Home run. Dawson's going to keep visiting her and then he's either going to be banging Tony Stark or Audrey or both. He's going to come back, bang Tony Stark, and he's going to come back and be like, Audrey, I totally banged Tony Stark. And Audrey's going to be like, that's awesome. Maybe we should bang. And then she's going to get out of the fucking thing and she's going to be like, hey, Dawson, maybe you should move into my house at my parents' house and they'll start banging and maybe they'll get married hollywood wedding oh i subscribe to that the more i think about it the more i like it because then they could do all the stupid shit that they want to be by bringing in all these people bringing the osbournes bringing seth rogan again maybe he could be at the wedding why not he'd be like i know audrey she's got nice boobs oh i mean on parts of that (laughs) i could have been right we did we haven't seen audrey and tony stark so maybe maybe dawson did visit them before he came back to boston no it's possible no if dawson leary went to rehab and banged one or both of those women we would have seen it no way i'm just gonna assume i'm going to assume that it could have happened you can assume that it, of course you can assume that it could have happened <laughs> but it didn't happen and that's what i'm, I'm gonna assume, to assume that it might have happened no you get zero credit for assuming. No. All right, here's the breakdowns. Here's the real breakdowns. That was then. Dawson returns to Capeside High to discuss his career. Which makes it sound like he's going to talk about getting a job at Capeside High. The way I read that. Which would be... Kind of. Anyway. And Benji even jokes about it. Yeah, kind of. Benji's loving the whole fucking thing. And Pacey is drawn back home by his father's heart attack. Which they say isn't a heart attack. No, but yeah, it's like a heart murmur. An exaggerated arrhythmia. Sex and violence. Joey is drafted to fill in as Pacey's assistant, and Dawson is tempted with an offer to make a film that he doesn't really believe in. And love bites. Eddie's unexpected return throws Joey for a loop, and Dawson returns home to complete his script. Yeah, I agree with you when you said that this is mostly an uneventful three-back. There was like a couple of things I really took out of it. And those are mostly summed up in my uh, final three-pack of the year thoughts. Well, let's hit what we need to hit. Or not final three-pack of the year. Final three-pack of ever. The year is accurate, but just not fully encompassing. This is the final three-pack that will ever exist. So we learn right off the bat here something that seems like we should have... Seems like something we should have known from the beginning, but we just find out now. Pacey and Emma in Jack's apartment is literally across the street from Hell's Kitchen. Did we know that before? Yeah, how did we not know that? I, I Okay, good, because I felt like we didn't know that at all, but they made it seem like, oh, Pacey looking out the window and just staring at Hell's Kitchen is just a normal night. Well, he's going over there to talk to Joey, but hmm, lo and behold, Joey's just standing right outside the door about to knock, and it's super awkward, and they're like, okay, let's just think about this thing, and we'll talk to each other later. Okay, peace, dude. I'm like, what the fuck are these two doing? Yeah, it was definitely very weird. I just basically summed up that they were had a weird ramble back and forth, and it was just like them potentially revisiting a romantic relationship. I was like, what? I don't understand these two people. Well, they end up going their separate ways. It's mostly Joey. Well, they end up going their separate ways here because Pacey gets this call while he's at work, and he's like, what hospital are you at? I'll be right there. We're like, oh, fuck, who's in the hospital? So what hospital was it? Was it the Capeside Hospital? That's my guess. What did they say? Capeside's like three, four uh, hours away? 
and they make it seem uh, i was just making sure that's that's my guess like i don't i don't think they say they might have said i didn't pay attention but i'm guessing since they're in cape side that it would be the cape side hospital all right i just making sure those cape side hospital it was not the north i'm trying to gauge how big cape side is did you recognize just like the uh the hockey arena that it was a north carolina hospital and do you have an issue with them driving 13 hours to get to a hospital no Okay, I just because I didn't know what you knew about North Carolina hospitals. I don't know anything about North Carolina hospitals. <laughs> but when you so blatantly put the fucking logo of a fucking professional sports team and you expect your viewers not to know where that stadium is and where your people are supposed to be at, it just makes no sense. I shouldn't have opened up this can of worms. And I also think that you just care way too much about something that the running theme of always doesn't fucking matter. Well, nothing matters in this show, really. This is what I'm saying. So who cares if they just took advantage of whatever arena they had access to? I guarantee you, 95% of the people who watch this show haven't a fucking clue who that is, no matter what. So Pacey ends up getting to the hospital that is in Cape Side, not in North Carolina. And basically, Pacey's like, why doesn't he have a fucking private room? Like, do you even know what the fuck is going on right now, Doug? Like, what's happening? And and Dougie Fresh is like, hey, listen here, Wall Street wannabe. See, if you want to bring that attitude around here, you can fuck right on out. We don't need your kind around here. It's like, you can take your 20s and 100s and stick them with a sun don't shine. So they go cool off a little bit, and Pacey comes back with some coffee later. He's like, bro, listen, like, I got dad a private room. Like, I'm just sorry for earlier I was on edge. And Doug's like, oh, man, what'd you do? Slip him a fucking 20? Did you pull it right out of your ass after you stuck it out there and give him a fucking ass 20? Yeah, I bet you did, you fucking sick wannabe bitch. Doug gets hard on Pacey in this one. And I don't mean that, like, he gets hard on him. That's weird. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they kind of have a moment where they bond over. Like, it was weird seeing dad, like, vulnerable like that. Yeah, he's like, have you ever seen Dad vulnerable in your life? And Pace is like, never. If anything, he just wants to punch things. Yeah, I thought he had zero feelings whatsoever. He was just a negative emotion man. But apparently he's got feelings. So later on, Pacey goes to call Joey from a payphone. We got to keep payphones alive on Dawson's Creek. It's multiple episodes this season. Here's what's so funny to me. Because, all right, they spent the whole however many first seasons not having cell phones. But also, like, no one used anything but a house phone. Now, all of a sudden, we got cell phones left and right. We got Pacey with, like, some fucking hands-free kind of headset shit. Like, first generation of that kind of thing going on at one point. But now, all of a sudden, payphones are in vogue. And in this same episode, I believe... Joey calls Pacey on his cell phone, mm-hmm. which it goes straight to voicemail. And he's like, oh, you, you miss me on my cell or something Maybe like that. Maybe he didn't have service in the hospital, which is why it went to his voicemail and why he was using the I payphone. I fucking hate this show's continuity. Oh, it doesn't matter. It This really doesn't phones. matter. I think it's great. It's spotinuity is off. I think it's great that they've still got the payphones in there because realistically in this time frame, pay, this was like the, the end of the payphone days. More or less. They were still dying out. They were still there and this was Dawson's Creek tribute to the, to the payphone. It's like we are going to try to single-handedly save the payphone. Oh no, that wasn't the idea. They just wanted to pay homage to it. But that's neither here nor there because what's more important than the payphone? More important than being humble, more important than a payphone. Mr. Witter wakes up and Doug's like, Come see your boy. And all dad can do is gush about Pacey. 
Doug is like a fucking ghost in the room. He's like, Pacey, I'm getting hard for you. I mean, I'm not. You're the best son I could have asked for. You grew up to be one of the good ones, baby. Like, hell yeah, I knew it. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I treat you like shit. And then here you are, like, not holding it against me. And then the doc is like, well, your dad's a little worked up right now. His blood pressure's rising. We can only have one guest at a time. So Pacey's like, I'll walk out. And dad's like, oh, no, you won't. Doug, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug leaves all dejected and shit. No, he is. He's like Charlie Brown, fucking head down, just fucking walking out of that hospital room. It, it, Pacey's hearing his dad talk about, like, oh yeah, it's your mom's fault. My heart's exploding because she bought this bacon on everything cookbook. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's blaming the bacon. <laughs> always blame the bacon. That's. Your heart's got a problem. Bacon did it. You don't even eat bacon. Bacon did it. Bacon's like secondhand smoke. Secondhand grease. Firsthand grease. Secondhand <laughs> smoke. Breathe it in. Grease it in. All right. Grease it up. Oh, grease it up. Grease it down. Grease it every which way. That's what Mr. Witter's been doing with his heart. He's been greasing his heart valves. <laughs> greasing it hard. <laughs> <laughs> this family is super hard for Greece. So basically, Mr. Witter's like, I wish, Pacey, I wish your brother Doug would get a life like you. Like, he needs to get the fuck out of my house. Like, he's really pissing me off. I'm pretty sure he doesn't live there. No, but he's always hanging out. The way that Doug kind of plays the lady, he's like, I'm always there for dinner. I'm always making sure this family hangs together. Like, he doesn't live there, but I think he's always over there. Or at least that's how Mr. Witter kind of paints. And even Doug kind of paints it too. Like, I make sure this shit floats around. Or whatever. So Pacey later... He's like, you can't just show up and fucking flash a little money and then be like, all right, I'm out of here three hours later. Well, that's what Pacey goes out... Pacey's like, wait, that's not what you're supposed to do? Basically, what Doug kind of implies here is like, I kind of have the same complicated relationship with Dad that you do. Even though what we've shown us of Doug's relationship with Pacey and Dad is like, he was the golden boy and he didn't get any shit from Dad... I feel like that isn't true. Or if this is the first time that Doug's ever been shunned and he's just being a pouty little baby, that's kind of sad. I feel like this is probably like the first time this has ever happened. That might be true. And he just does not know how to react to it because he he acts like differently after like when he's got 20 minutes left of like time and fucking pace he's like dude get up there. He's like you gotta see dad. And he's like did he call for me? And he's like dude you have fucking like 20 minutes before closing time like you gotta get the fuck up there and he's like this is bullshit blah blah blah. and then he goes up there and then pacey's all like hey um or his dad's all like hey uh pacey i want to thank you for the room and pacey's like man that wasn't me that was dougie fresh over there and doug's like yeah boy thank you for doing me a solid well because pacey again he he knows that fucking doug is only taking out some other shit on him it's not about pacey so yeah. Pacey can use his money to make Doug look good. Well, then that money is good money now. So let it come on flowing now in. Now all of a sudden. Well, and this, this is another thing that makes me think, well, maybe we were overblowing the whole, is the feds going to come down? 
hard on Pacey. We'll talk about that because we do get more involved with his job as the street now he's all goes like, on. Oh, you're just a Wall Street wannabe. There's some things I want to point out, and I'm pretty sure it's in the next episode that specifically have to do with Pacey's job. And my, because I'm still leaning hard towards it's corrupt and it's going to burn him somehow. I don't remember, but that's what my gut's telling me. I don't know where you stand, but we'll we'll get to that later. Let's jump right now to Dawson, new Dawson, and old Benji. And we get a little bit of Pacey in here, too. Let's not forget about that. We start out with Dawson standing outside of Cape Side High. And I'm like, what the fuck is Dawson doing outside of the high school? Just, like, loving it. This seems weird. But then Benji comes up behind him. He's like, what's up, dog? Come on down to my film class. Talk to my kids. And Dawson's like, yeah, Hollywood's been kicking my ass lately. So I should have maybe gone into law. That's what ben- <laughs> Benji's like. Sounds like you are ready to take over my class, buddy. Let's go do this. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I like just seeing Ben. Seriously, what a fucking callback. I think seriously, the last time we saw him was season one, maybe season two, but I don't even think so. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> definitely a long time ago. So he's showing his movie he just made with Todd to the class and apparently at least a couple of kids in this class know what the fuck is up with Todd and with Dawson. And Benji had showed the kids his old movie or something. This one kid in particular is basically just like, bro, after class, can you watch my fucking movie? And Dawson's like, I mean, I guess so. And Benji's like, oh, listen, I'll set this whole thing up for you. I'll host it for you. Stay in my classroom. Look at my TV. I'm going to go like look through a hole that I bored in the wall. And I'm going to film that for my own private collection. So Benji's doing a little I spy while these two are watching whatever fucking George's movie is. I think that's George. Who's George? That's Dawson Jr. New Dawson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Dawson. I just put kid. I, I always get people's names and then I call them whatever. I mean, you call them whatever you want, but to me, it just felt easier to remember New Dawson or Baby Dawson. I guess like the Muppet Babies. Baby Dawson. Yeah, that works. it's like the Muppet Babies. We didn't meet any other babies, but basically Dawson, when he's done, he just sits there in silence, and the kids like, "Thanks for fucking hating my movie, you dick. You're just like Mr. Benjamin." Or Mr. Gold. Benji Gold. And Dawson's all like, dude, I don't hate it. He's just like, I don't feel really qualified to talk about this, dude. He's like, he's like I'm literally like a couple years older than you. Yeah, he's basically like, the only thing I can really tell you is, remember the feeling of why you're making a movie right now without a paycheck, but because you're passionate about it. And the kid's like, yeah, you kind of do smell like you're a burnout, so it makes sense you would say that. And then Dawson says, quote, unquote, and I know it doesn't have to be dirty, but it sounds dirty. Get out of here before I rub off on you. <laughs> like, just the way I heard Well, I thought, I thought the funnier thing that he said, where he's all like, keep your nose clean, stay in school, and... Don't join the don't do sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, don't do sports. And I was just like, what? That's a Dawson Leary perspective on things, though. No one he hung out with did sports. Jack? Yeah, that was more by... Ha- he hung out with Jack before he did sports, though. And then Jack happened to do sports. And the fact that he was like a gay icon kind of made it a little bit unique. He was Yeah, I guess he so. didn't turn, A gay icon. <laughs> he didn't turn into a stereotypical meathead until they went to college. Yeah, that's true. But by now, Dawson's so fucking zen and chill, he doesn't even give a shit. Like, for the most part, he's like, that's cool, one of my boys is a meathead, I don't care. He puts meat in his head as well, so no problem. He's like, well, he's like this one chick that I banged in rehab literally drove into my house. Literally. So, after that all goes down, Dawson heads home, and pacey after his long day shows up over at dawson's house and neither of them knew that they were in town like shit man what are you doing here 
And I love that Pacey's response is, I was in town. I just wanted to come and check on your family, like see how Gail and, and Lily were doing. And Dawson, too, was like, dude, that's a fucking stand-up move. Thank you, boy. Like, hell yeah. And I'm like, these, shoot, these two, maybe, finally, are they, like, going to bury the hatchet in a, as close to a real way as the show can get? I feel like they pretty much have done that just by... This was it right here for me. This exchange right here. This was definitely the solidification of it, but I felt like the last like season and a half has been pretty amicable. Amicable, that's the thing. But I, Audrey even pointed it out in her fucking holiday meltdown before she crashed the car. She's like, you two have never truly worked out your issues either. Like, You two still don't like each other. And it feels like since then to now, a lot of the things that she pointed out is problems have kind of been looked at and addressed somewhat like Dawson and Joey still haven't done their thing but now Dawson and Pace I mean I guess they no they really haven't since Audrey had her fucking her meltdown but either way Dawson and Pacey they bury the hatchet here basically Dawson by the end of this long conversation they have is like come on for some coffee bro we'll just keep on talking and they head inside and man beautiful days for the boys I'm glad because they've been having problems since what season three it's been a while. So fuck them. We'll move on. And we'll talk about the last deal here. We got Joey. We got Harley. And we have the introduction of Oliver Trask. Yeah, yeah. We got Oliver. Oliver. Straight from the OC, baby. You know I love the OC. And he's playing this character like he was someone who would hang out with like Luke and that crew in season one. More than he did Oliver on the OC, though. Oh, most definitely. Like, you put puka shell necklace around his neck and a little more pastels. It's like, welcome to Cape Side, bitch. He would have fit right in with that crew, especially with this haircut. Or I guess, welcome to Boston, bitch. We start out with this whole conversation with Professor Dick and Joey. He's like, listen, I'm going on this date. I need you to watch Harley. And I need you to make sure no boys come over. Because she's got like pictures of boys up on her ceiling now. And I don't want to say it out loud, but I'm pretty sure she's using those to masturbate too. And that's fucking weird to me. Like, that's where that I was like, where's this conversation heading, Professor Dick? I love how he actually did say, and I quote, I think she's into the drugs. Well, Joey's basically like, you need to chill the fuck out. Don't worry about it. If you keep pushing this hard, she's going to know you're hiding the good stuff. And he's like, oh, I'd love to know what your high school boyfriend was like. Yeah. And she goes, people can change. Basically like saying, yeah, high school Pacey maybe wasn't the greatest of guys. Which is, if you're looking for what Professor Dick would approve of, Pacey would not be on that list. He's a very very Eddie-like character, I'm sure, in Professor Dick's mind. Really... Any of the guys wouldn't she No, Dawson is Professor Dick. Dawson's too soft for Professor Dick to deal with. He wouldn't have any patience for that kid. Well now we'd be like be like, oh, it's some director? Yeah, fuck out of here. I think he'd like Jen. I think Jen and him would get along. No, I'm talking about like the guys that no, I'm just Joey talking, has been with. Well she oh I'm talking about I'm not talking about friends. I'm just talking about like who he would get along with from their group because I think that's interesting to think about because him and Joey get along but I don't know if he like yeah he probably likes her at this point he lets her watch his daughter yeah he definitely is has like he's not romantically into her oh god I would assume but they've been a really good, they have a very platonic relationship they've done a good job of establishing that there is no sexual tension between those they two. have a really like good acquaintance relationship despite how much of an asshole he is professor dick might be the most appropriate of all teaching figures we've ever seen in the show besides mr gold maybe 
who never did sh- mm. never did shit wrong. You are probably correct on that because every other teacher has tried to fuck their student. The librarian, Mrs. Tringle, I don't think was bad. I think we discussed yeah, that yeah. before. She, we didn't really get much on that, but we definitely talked about it when she was brought up but earlier. For the most part, if they bring a teacher into the mix, shit gets weird and bad. That's just how it yeah. works. But Professor Dick has been, again, not to say he's a saint. He's an awful person for the most part. Like, I, well, No, yeah, his name is Professor Dick. <laughs> I'd hate to have him as a teacher, but he's been the most appropriate with these students that we've seen of like any of them, which is insane to think about. We've gone all around talking about Professor Dick, but haven't addressed what's going on here. And that's Joey. I'm going to tell you, the majority of the rest of my notes Just go. are basically... Just go with it then. Oh my God, it's Oliver. Oh my God, motherfucker, OC. Oh shit, that's the majority of the rest of my notes on this episode. I'll, I'll, oh, and the fact that he tried to get Joey and Harley in a threesome. Or at least he was talking about Oliver it. pops out of the closet when Joey leaves the room thinking she's left Harley to write her fucking paper. Then she comes back in and busts him. Then they start fighting and Harley locks herself in her room. Then, yeah, there's the whole threesome proposition. Like Patrick, which is Oliver's name, but Oliver just keeps trying to fuck Joey. This episode and the next <laughs> yeah. and the next episode. Yeah. All he does is hit on her and it's so fucking hilarious. Or not the next. Is it the next one? No, it's not the next one. It's the third one. But he has two appearances in this. But anyway, he fucking, she kicks him out. She's like, get the fuck out of here. And she ends up like talking to Harley. And uh, she's like, you know, the best thing you can do is learn to forgive people for their past mistakes. Like, of course, the subtext of talking about Pacey and his past and blah, blah, blah. So she gets back to her dorm later and she calls him up, leaves Pacey a message, the cell phone again. She's like, she's like, I am down to fuck. Well, she thought about it. Yeah. And she's like, I can't, we can't make this decision separately. We got to make it together. And what I want to think about is not our past, but our future and what we could be. Which means, let's get down and dirty, baby boy. And that's when the episode Let's get ends. down and bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we have the unfortunately named, but best episode in the three-pack. Sex and violence. So we're going to leave the Pacey and the Joey angle dangling here. Because it gets pretty weird in this episode. A whole lot of manufactured drama and a weird situation that was highly entertaining somehow. Let's get this bullshit out of the way first. Well, the only one I really consider bullshit, and that's the Jen and Supernatural storyline. So we start out in the beginning, and like they're not having sex, apparently. Jen just doesn't want to, and Supernatural's like, oh, I guess what they say about getting a relationship is true. You don't have sex. And I'm like, they don't say that about relationships, Supernatural. They say that about marriage. I wrote, it's the hair's fault. It's not the hair's fault. The haircut is fucking straight garbage. He still wants to bang her. The haircut's not the problem. I'm telling you right now, even with that haircut, I... Like, why would I not, right? Especially if I was dating her. But I just be like, dude, like, from a personal standpoint, it's got to go. Yeah, but that's not I your... I blame the hair. It's not your fucking business how anyone else wears their hair. I blame the hair. He, the hair is at fault. The hair is making her not want to have sex? Because he wants yeah. to. I she even that. talks about, in the next episode, how ridiculous it looks. I didn't catch that. I did. I mean, maybe she was just talking about how ridiculous she looks, but yeah, I was, I'm, it's hair-centric. Either way, at the end of this scene, he thinks that she's implying she's going to go down on him, but she just snuggles him. And I was like, okay, so that's where we're at. That was funny. That's where we're at. So now they're at the, the stand, they take a call, and she's like using their relationship to like help a caller, and he ain't down with that, so he storms out. And she comes out and he comes back with the classic line that we've heard used against her before. He's like, 
why do you do all these things for these New York doormen, but you won't do anything with me? And I'm like, ooh, man, she's going to be mad about that. And she goes, yeah, that's the nicest one. Anyone's called me a slut before. And she fucking storms off. And then they cut to like them eating dinner with Grams. It is the most awkward fucking scene the show has maybe ever produced for me. I thought it was a super funny scene because like they're just talking about like they're just they're using grams as like an intermediary and they're all right there at the kitchen table i thought it was fucking hilarious and then they and then they literally get up two minutes later grams is like well my work is here is done because they like kind of like men fences then jen gets up she's like "Ooh, i think i'm ready to fuck it's not that the premise wasn't funny i think the telephone thing was funny it's the fact that word for word the quote that Jen asks Grams to say is, can you tell CJ he's the best sex I ever had in my life? And I'm like, it's great that you're real comfortable with your Grams man, but you should not be asking her to pass that along, even if she's not the one who's actually passing it along, because she is right there in between the two of you. And then, yes, exactly, two minutes later, Grams is like, well, I got these two fucking hard and wet. I'm going to send them upstairs to the bay. <laughs> That's exactly what fucking happens. Grams Grams. is like, oh yeah, you two go fuck. And Jen's all like, I am fucking ready. That's so weird (laughs) that they used Grams as a conduit to get horny. That's weird. I'm sorry. I thought it was pretty funny, actually. It's funnier now that I'm thinking about it, but at the time I was watching it, I was like, I'm kind of grossed out by this, actually. (laughs) Like, I don't like where this is going. Anyway, that's all that happens for them in this episode. Grams get some horny and they go bang in the attic. Like, good job, guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if this was a different show, I couldn't rule out that Grams joined them. Not Grams. Let's No, not based on what I know of Grams. Let's move on. Let's talk about Dawson. Let's talk about the pitch that he makes in this movie. And not like Supernatural. He's not pitching a tent. He's pitching a movie. Get your minds out of the gutters, guys. So, it's not that I have a super big issue with this storyline. I love it. I No, I think it's hilarious, right? I wish he would have just did it. I'm glad that he didn't. It stays truer to the Dawson character. I think it makes more... Like Gail says in the next episode, I think this is the practical sense route where you take Todd's advice of, all right, dude, if I make a couple of these movies. That wasn't Todd's advice. Todd said that's what I would do. Work begets work. Todd's advice was do what makes you feel like the best director you can be, quote unquote, like kind of that. He said, do what feels right for you. If you can't do this, here's $10. Go make a movie fucking happen. You can do that. You don't need a fucking studio. That was yeah. Todd's advice. And that's why Dawson's doing it. He's like, my mentor. Because in some weird, perverted way, he actually is Dawson's mentor. No, he's most definitely expect. Dawson's mentor. But a person you'd never think or expect to be his mentor is very much his mentor and would acknowledge that he's his mentor. It's just, it's. A, I love it. I think it's a great touch. It makes sense, too, because he's the guy that he gave him real life experience. Yeah, he taught him what it could be like and often is like to work in that world. And Dawson learned to fucking persevere through it. And I just think he looked at this, this fucking guy. Because how it goes down is basically he wants to pitch Creek Days but updated with his 
newer, better perspective on life, like refine it, kind of whittle it down and, and make it a better version of what he tried to do while it was happening, which was the problem then. So I think he could have done that with this guy had he not gone the stripper route. Had he pitched the uh, affair with a teacher route? The guy still would have said three scenes with boobs minimum, and Dawson wasn't even comfortable with that. Like, yeah, it would have just been like, okay, the teacher shows her boobs three times. I'm just saying Dawson doesn't want to make this kind of movie. Dawson's not interested in making this fucking boner flick that this old horny man is totally into making. Like, this guy's more focused on... The only reason he wants to work with Dawson is because he knows it's fucking Dawson's Natasha. because bagged Natasha, yeah. Yeah, he's like, the fact that you were just a lowly like production assistant and you bang the leading lady like i got respect for you and that kind of throws dawson for a loop he's like oh i thought you like brought me in here because you like the work i did on the reshoots and shit. like no no no, like, no 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 he's like that nah. shit he's was like, like fuck natasha bro so dawson's just not comfortable with any of it and after he goes and talks to dodd and he has that conversation he comes back and like they're like oh yeah we're gonna do this movie we're good to go like we're green lighted everyone's super happy and glad handing themselves heather's happy these other two weirdos who are sitting there happy and then dawson's finally like you know what I can't do this shit. Like, I was trying to make something real and genuine and emotional and honest, and you turned it into this stripper nonsense. Like, I'm fucking out of here. Dude's like, are you sure? And I was like, oh, I'm sure. And big old Larry's just like, good luck then, bitch. Get the fuck out of my office. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I would have done the movie. Yeah, but you're not Dawson. And for me, I can see where you're coming from. For, for me and my enjoyment of Dawson's character, I think it's way better for him to go the route that he went. It's... It's more interesting to me that he didn't make a fucking sleaze flick. I think it would have been more interesting for him to actually do this because it it's so much different from what he he's envisioned. Ex- but that's the thing. He's explicitly stated he can't, multiple times, he can't do something his heart isn't in. And his heart isn't in doing that. He's got to go pursue his own little indie film that he's trying to finance. And as we find out in the next episode, he's kind of got a plan about how he's going to finance that. But we'll get we'll get to that later. We'll bring up the man who might help him with that here, and we'll get into Pacey and Joey's storyline and the interview where um, her name is Shadia or Sadia. The reporter Sadia shows up. But so at first they're coming back from this fancy date, and now answer me this, Joe. Answer me this. I almost called you Joey. Answer me this, Chuck. Was Joey wearing the sex coat that Jen was like cuddling with the other night at the TV Think party? Because so. unless she owns multiple red coats that look just like that. That's the coat that has Jack Jen's like sex sweat all over it. I mean, as long as there wasn't like any white stains, she's probably good to go. She could have gotten it cleaned. You think she got it cleaned? No, but she could have. Doing a whole lot of could haves tonight, Chuck. But anyway, they they get so awkward at this point to even botch a kiss at the end of the night, and then they go their separate ways. Like, yeah, we'll do something next week or whatever. But Joey decides to show up the next day at his office with like an office warming gift because he's got a promotion like, like a true promotion he's got the office and everything he even says the night before to her though like i don't even know what my promotion is dude like i don't even know what's different i just have a secretary in an office yeah i mean it that's so shady i'm sorry tell me it's not shady to get a, a promotion it is where they, it you is don't and that's what anything that's... different your name goes all over these things that you're not even touching you just get all this pamper and all this cush and nothing changes for you that's shady. That's weird. That doesn't happen. Well, that's what I don't understand. It's like they there's not a, enough time left. Like 
if he's getting busted with something, then the sh- then the last time we see Pacey is in prison. But that's the thing. I think you're overthinking what getting busted is. And I don't know what the bad thing that happens is, but it feels like they're trying to frame him up for something. Maybe he gets out of the frame job and there's not a prison thing. Like you're, you're going worst case scenario, insider trading, like he's going to prison 10 to 15. Like there could be a middle ground where he just gets caught up. No in middle shit, ground. But doesn't go to jail. Like I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be so dramatic, especially with only six episodes left. Like, but anyway, Rinaldi fires his secretary and is like, Joey, you should fill in here for the next two weeks since you're on break from school. And Joey's like, yeah, I need that scratch. So I'm going to come in here and be a secretary. But she doesn't want to be a secretary. No, she doesn't at all. And then, in fact, she's all like getting super jelly when that like uh, smoking hot chick. What's her face? The writer? Sadia. But before that even happens, she straight up. Sadia, S-A-D-I-A. Oh, I, that's a great... I love that name. You've never heard Sadia before? No. Okay, well, call her Sasha. I don't care what you call her. Before even she comes into the office, Joey's like, make your own fucking coffee. You were a chef, weren't you? And like all this other shit, he even calls her my secretary. And she like clears her throat like, <clears throat> don't call me that. And I'm like, you isn't, are literally... is that your job? I'm like, I know you might not like that power dynamic, especially because it's Pacey, but you signed up for this job. Like, I'm sorry, but you got to do it. Like, like he's not that's being a part dick of the job. Yeah, he wasn't really being a dick until she was being a dick. And it was just like, yeah, you kind of got to do your thing. But then Sadi shows up and all fucking bets are off. Oh, yeah. She's all like, she's like, who the fuck are you, bitch? And, and she's like, I am I am a writer. And then Pacey's like, yeah, secretary, why don't you go get us some uh, coffee? And so Joey like leaves the room and they're sitting down and they're talking about it's Rinaldi and Pacey and, and Sadia and they're talking about step attack and how Pacey's like been leading the charge on that and he's this young up and rising star and then Joey buzzes in like hey uh Jack your roomie is on the line and Sadia and Rinaldi look at each other like this motherfucker got a roommate like psh, he's small change right <laughs> like that's kind of what it felt like and that's what Joey was going for. And then she comes back in with the coffee and makes a fucking slapstick show out of it. Yeah, it was just, it was stupid. It just felt so out of character for it was what Joey funny. would do. Like, I thought it, it was, was hilarious, it was. but it was slapstick, like you're saying. And it was just kind of like, I don't understand. They have fluctuated Joey's character so much to where you don't know what is happening with her ever. No, they they just, they made her so important to so many people's storylines and then realized, oh, fuck, she can't actually be everything to everyone. So what are we going to do? Oh, we'll write some episodes where she's everything to someone. And then she goes, oh, no, not anymore. And then she's everything to another person. And she goes, oh, no, not anymore. Then she's everything to another person. And it's like, well, what the fuck is Joey Potter doing? At this point, I feel like that's been the most important question for the entire series. And they don't even fucking know at this point. Yeah. And it becomes I would agree with that. Because jealous Joey here feels so wrong. And finally they end up leaving. They all go to Rinaldi's office when she's like, huh, mine's much bigger anyway. Especially when she gives Pacey some bullshit answer in the next episode 
about like, oh, no, man, like, I just don't feel it anymore. Be like, nah, bitch, you don't feel it because fucking Eddie walked back in the door. Or Eddie walked back in the door. Dude, 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 Mm. we're just, we're just about to get there. Just hold on and we'll close this episode out. We're literally there. Because after the interview, Joey comes back, they bicker and banter and blah, 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 blah. He's like, I want you to dictate a letter to the reporter apologizing. And in the letter, he says Joey is bad at her job. And Joey gets up and she's like, oh, yeah, motherfucker. And Pacey gets up. He's like, oh, yeah, motherfucker. And then they're face to face and... Bam, they're just making out. And then they're on the couch and the clothes are coming off. They're like, they're about to fucking bang. And then Rinaldi comes in and he's all like, geez, man, at least I waited a week. To which he just turns around and walks out. Pacey and Joey laugh and then they go back to making out. Oh, yeah. They probably fucked right there. I don't know. Because after they may have, but they may have. Because the next thing we see is they're back at Hell's Kitchen and Pace is like, you're fired. And she's like, oh, oh, no, I quit. And he's like, no, you want the severance package. I'm like, I don't think you get a severance package from working one day. I don't think that's how it works. I could be wrong. I don't know what they got going on there. But. Uh, maybe they give him like an extra hundred bucks. I don't know. But he's basically like, listen, I live right across the street. She's like, yeah, I'm closing up right now. Once I'm done closing up, I'll pop up. And that's why I think maybe they didn't there because they were going to later but it's all up in the air who knows they could have done it 10 times today for all we know so he leaves well they could have left there that day and went and banged it out he leaves oh there's again a lot of could have's in this episode so so joey's closing down and the door opens and who's there but fucking eddie and i i swear to god i said god damn it and i had to get up and i had to walk away when i saw eddie return Okay, so the funny thing about this is, is I was Team Eddie, right? And then he disappeared, and Pacey came back in the picture for fucking Joey, and I was all like, I'll subscribe back to that. And then they bring back Eddie, and now I'm all like, dude, fuck you, Eddie. Go back to L.A. Try to fucking sneak into that rehab with Audrey. You know where she's at. You can hang out with Audrey. Ain't nobody hanging out with Audrey right now. Yeah, I mean, I could see them maybe getting along if she's sober, but I could see them also still not getting along when she's sober. Oh, yeah. But the funny thing is, is after I saw that, I had the opportunity to watch this other episode yesterday, and I decided to push it off until today. And that was because mostly of that. I was like, nah, I just don't really feel like jumping into the next episode knowing I got that sour taste in my mouth. So keeping that idea and that feeling in mind, let's put a plug in, in Eddie and his return as we move into the next episode, Love Bites. And let's jump back to... An, a, 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 what I like here, I guess, is that in the Jen storyline, is less about Supernatural and more about Grams, as sad as the storyline ends up kind of being. Um, but it's fucked Supernatural. I don't give a shit. He's in the first scene, and we find out apparently their sex life is good now. They're boning down all the time. Um, and she still got the haircut, so like everything's gravy. And that's the first thing I wrote. I, I put, even Jen says she looks ridiculous when looking at her hair in the mirror. Did she specifically say her hair in the mirror? I didn't catch that at all. I don't know if it was her hair, but she said something about looking ridiculous, and I was like, yeah, it's that hair, girl, and I wrote it down. I don't remember the line, so I can't comment. It doesn't matter. I'm sure it was just me like making it fit my feelings and that's fine that's what we're doing here i'm just saying I, i'm not i can't comment on that anymore because i don't know i didn't hear it i'm just saying i did hear supernatural be like grams broke uncle bill's heart and jen's like hmm 
I'm going to have a talk with that old bird and see what the fuck her problem is. So she goes down. She's like, Graves, we need to have a little chat. I feel like you've been acting like a fickle teenager and you're just breaking everyone's hearts. I wrote that she, quote unquote, confronts Grams and then kind of disses her. Uh, Grams gets a little sour. She's like, bitch, are you fucking kidding me? And she just stares Jen's down, stares Jen down, closes her book kind of slowly while she's still staring Jen down. And she just gets up and walks away and she doesn't say a word. And I'm like, oh, damn. Grams is not in the mood for Jen shit today. No, Grams is not to be trifled with. So later on, Jen comes up to her, though, and she's like, listen, I got a call from this doctor confirming an appointment. I've never heard of this Dr. Loomis before. Who the fuck is that? And, and I was like, like oh. boom. I was like, Dr. Loomis. Loomis. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Myers. Logan. Oh, baby. Oh, you know that was intentional. And I was like freaking out about that a little. Well, Grams tries to deny it, but eventually Grams is like, listen, I got this malignant tumor. I start radiation next week because it's spread past the point of surgery. Like, just keep it fucking cool because freaking out ain't going to help anything. And so she's working on these pies in the kitchen and Jen's like, well, like, I'm scared as fuck. You can be scared, Grams. You ain't got to be tough. Grams like, no, I got to be tough. It ain't, it ain't shit. And Jen's like, well, what can I do to help you? I can drive to appointments. I can do this. And Graham's like, you and Jack can't do shit to help me. Don't worry about it. This is my own thing. And Jen's like, well, who's going to fucking take care of me then? Like, if you're not going to want to be taken care of, what about me? And that's when Graham's like, I'm not ready to die yet, child. Yeah. Well, she brings up that, like, there are cases like hers where you can have the radiation and it'll go into remission after one round and you'll live years and years and years. So Graham's like, that could absolutely happen. Yeah, but she could also just die. Okay, we'll see. They don't really go into the worst case scenario. Six and episodes. How quick, and how quick it would happen. Um, ooh, ooh. What if the finale is a, it's a double episode, right? Yeah. Frun- funeral wedding. We got a double. A funeral and a wedding. The first part is Grams' funeral. That happens within a six episode arc? Dude, we've seen so many things happen in a six episode arc. I guess so. but We've seen some, an entire season. Those are some big leaps, though. I'm just saying. From here to there, both of those things pulled I'm, off. I'm just going to let the listeners know, too, that when I was talking about the double episode funeral and a wedding... I was dancing. Oh, he's doing something like it in, in a seat. All right. So let's move on to Dawson. And the little bit that we're going to get from Pacey here, um, as far as Dawson's storyline, Dawson just shows up at his office. He sees Pacey and they're both like, Pacey's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Dawson's like, listen, bro, I got all this money I saved working up with Todd. And I want to, I want you to invest it for me. And I want you to get me enough money to put together a good size indie movie. Maybe I could get a washed up star or whatever, but like nothing major. Just to turn this into something. And Pacey's like, come, just come into my office real quick. I can't let these guys hear that I might be turning down money. She's like, I haven't, I don't know. I haven't invested for anyone I'm actually friends with before. Like, I don't, I don't know what my stance is. And Dawson's like, man, we've been through enough shit. Like, Money, no problem. I'm like, Dawson, you've never been fucked before on money. You're going to learn a lesson that that is going to bother you if it does happen. Yeah. But we kind of end up walking away here. Dawson, like, they don't confirm whether or not Pacey's going to do it. This is where it stands. Pace, Dawson's just like, I have a good vibe and I want you to do it. But that's when he leaves there and he goes back to his house. He's been he's kicking it with Gail right now. He's looking for inspiration for this thing that he's writing. And that's when Gail's all like, you know what? So what's your backup plan, bro? And he's like, what do you mean backup plan, Gail? And he literally is confused by the question. Like, what do you mean if I can't make it as a director? What does that mean? Gail's all like, Dawson, being a director is like a one in a million dream. 
it's a child's dream. Like that's like wanting to be a baseball player or a NFL star. It's something that you can't really fathom. And Dawson's like, listen here, Gail. I just turned down a movie of wall-to-wall boobs so I could make my masterpiece, Creek Days 2. Now, if you don't like it, fine. I won't thank you in the final cuts. And I'll move out of here. But you know what? Who's going to chop the wood, Gail? Who's going to take care of Lily, Gail? Who's going to do all these things, Gail, that you can't do? Me, Dawson. Gail's like, well, you know what? Now that I think about it, this is very much like your father who once tried to make chewing gum on our stove when you were a baby. So you know what? This is a way better dream than chewing gum. I'm fully on board. Don't worry about it. Let's do it. Like, it was, it's, again, it's better than his seafood restaurant, too. Because, like, Dawson, Dawson has to, like, back up and sit back down because he was already, like, almost in Gail's face. As he was walking closer and closer to Gail, as he's like, Gail... Gail. So the whole episode, he had been failing to write anything on his script. Like, apparently he'd gotten 20 pages done, and now he lost the inspiration. But after this yelling at Gail, where he just kind of, like, confronts her and just dresses her down, and she scampers out of the room with spittle from his mouth all over her face. That's how close he was, just yelling. He finally looks over at a picture of the whole, like, gang. Like, it's a weird picture. So I'm like, how did they get this group of people together for a picture that they sat down and took? During like season four. But anyway, he did. He looks at it and he starts writing. He gets that inspiration. So Dawson's marching that he just needs that money and he's good to go on this movie. So let's jump over to Joey and Eddie, unfortunately, because there's. Yeah, this is how they open this episode. And it makes sense because it it picks up right where we fucking left off on the fucking Eddie train. If they would have just left that scene sit at because what she says at the end, what does she say here? Well, she said at the end of the last one was basically. Did she even say anything, or was she just like, "Oh no"? Or I think like, it was just like, "Ah, oh, okay." Dun, so dun, with this, dun. so with this one, they start talking. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing here, bro?" And he's like, "Man, no, California's good, man. Like, I love it. Things are working out great. I just wanted you to know that, like, it's because of you. You're the best." My world revolves around you. If I want to be a writer, I need you by my side. It's like, what do you say, girl? Why don't you come on down to LA with me? We'll hook up with Audrey. We'll hook up with the Osbournes. We'll hook up with fucking Seth Rogen. We'll chill. We'll get fucking, we'll have some fun in the sun. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, no, I moved on, motherfucker. You went to California. Get on the fuck out of here. And he's like, it's cool, girl. I get it. They could have literally ended it with that. But it can't, it can't go down like that. It just can't go down like that. Because we find out she's chaperoning Harley semi-formal later, right? And she's got to be there. Joey, like, P- Pacey calls her up and they're talking. And she's like, I'm sorry I wasn't there last night. Like, I didn't show up at your house. I was tired. He's like, Psh, no big deal, girl. I was tired, too. What are you doing tonight? You want to go get drunk and, like, stumble home later? And she's like, I got to go do, like, this high school dance? And he's like, just as good, man. I will be there, too. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, I'm like, of course, we're finding ways to go to high school dances here in season six. The mm-hmm. final cut. And here's where we get the true inkling that this is not going to work out with Pacey. Because before the dance, she's all dressed up. She's in her dorm room. And she's looking at these pictures she's got up in this little thing on her wall. Oh, and that last little picture we get to see is her and fucking Eddie hugging she looks she looks at the dawson one she looks at the pacing one but when she gets to the eddie one she reaches up and she touches it and then 
the door knocks and Pacey sticks his head in. He gives her a radish and baby carrot corsage and they head on out. And what's the last thing they show us as the lights turn out? That fucking picture of Eddie again. So it's like, okay, way to knock it home that I need to realize Eddie's super important again. Thanks for ruining the rest of this episode for me because I know where this is fucking Fuck Eddie. Eddie. Well, they go to the dance and there's this whole fucking back and forth with Harley and Pat and it really doesn't fucking matter. It's just high school drama bullshit and Pacey and Joey are coaching them and helping them along. Comes to the point where Harley's been dancing with this other dude and Oliver well, a lot a of fight it with them. is just stuff I don't give a shit about because it's like that's one, why I'm skipping all of it because it's it like why matter. why are we adding these new characters in this season I've liked the use of Harley so far but this bullshit with the boyfriend and stuff I've is liked dumb. them a little but at the same time I'm like your background characters you are there to propel hey, the story on. of my main characters especially in this the last season. Bro. You say something like they're going to add all these characters in the sixth season. Like, they haven't added a whole bunch, like, dozens of new characters every season. This is what they do. Yeah, but we have six episodes left, and they're adding characters. You know that he's serving his purpose, and if Patrick shows up again or he doesn't, he fucking served his purpose here. Like, I don't care if I like the purpose. I don't care if they add new fucking characters, because I know I'm not supposed to invest in Oliver here. He's meant to be a character that disappears, and is supposed to... I feel like they thought they were using them to tell a good story. I disagree. I think they failed at doing that. Well, yeah, I think the story sucks. I think if they they can introduce all the new characters they want, if it's good, this just wasn't good. But and Pacey ends up breaking up this fight after fucking Oliver slugs him in the face, and then there's more consulting in the bathroom, and Oliver and Harley end up getting together. But then Pacey and Joey end up going outside, and that's when she says what you brought up earlier. Like, I'm sorry, dog, I just ain't feeling this. And he's like, you're just scared. I'm scared, too. Like, this could be it. And she's like, this isn't it. Trust me. She's like, like you know how I know it's not it? Because uh, I wasn't really tired last night. Eddie walked into that door. And I told him it was over and I moved on. <laughs> so, uh, uh, little did I know I didn't move on. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of really hot for Eddie now. And that's about it. And, and pa- Pacey Pace doesn't is just say like, shit. Are you fucking no, he kidding me? And he just kind of walks he away. Literally, he literally doesn't say a word. He just walks away from her. Until we go back later where Joey's sitting sad on the bleachers. He comes up. Once again, though, doesn't even say a word. Takes her hand. They go dance. Look into each other's eyes. Slow dance. Don't say a word. The song ends. And they go their separate words. And they didn't say a word. Like, I thought that was really good. I Like, of all the shit they did wrong... That was a perfect way for them to just kind of go, you know what? They're not going to make a scene out of this. I didn't even necessarily notice that. I thought it was so perfect because it showed both of them like this. They knew this was bigger than the words that they could come up with because they're all notoriously bad at coming up with the right thing to say. So these two were smart enough to just kind of let the gravity of the moment hang in the air and then just walk away from it and let Joey go do what she needs to do and let Pacey figure out what he needs to do. So she heads out and goes to Daddy's house. Like, of course, she goes to Daddy's parents' house. And I was like, please, please let it be one of his parents that opens the door and says, oh, I'm sorry. He just left for L.A. Oh, I'm sorry. He's dead. He just <laughs> fell off a, a fucking pier. After he left earlier, he drank. No, no, he wasn't even here. Oh, God. He, was he died in L.A. This is ghost daddy. 
He oh god, ghosts since L.A. But that's not it. He opens the door, they kiss, and now apparently Joey and Eddie are happy together. Yeah, and I mean, as as far as wedding scenarios go, this is easily my worst case scenario wedding scenario. Would it be better? Would a marriage of Grams and Dawson be better for you? I could get behind that better. I could too, honestly. I'm not saying I'm rooting for that, but I could support that. I mean, like, realistically, I'm even more into a Dawson-Natasha wedding. And that's not going to happen. Unless she comes back to star in Creek Days 2. I don't think he's making Creek Days 2. That's what I'm calling it. Working title. he's making, like, Creek Days Redux. Creek Days 2 is a working title. It's not a working title because it's not a sequel. It's a working title in my head to the movie that Dawson's writing. It's out of your head. All right. What's your, what, give me your summation. What, what's going on with this three pack for you? What did you take away from it? All right. My three pack thoughts. My, my final three pack thoughts ever. Cause I'll never give a final three pack thoughts again. Yeah. Cause after this, we're coming at you, at least in the world of Creek Chat, with a triple threat of two packs. All right. So here's how it is. Okay, we're going to get a little taste of the OC flavor, baby. A fun episode, but should Dawson's Creek really be interested in introducing new characters this late into season six? I mean, we're more than halfway through the season, especially if we're going to be ending the season and they or the series and they know we're ending the series, right? Hold on, just to interrupt you for a second. Do you think they won't introduce new characters in the final episode? Do you think they won't? Because I'm gonna bet you money we get new characters. In well, that I final mean, you episode. know that episode, so I, I can't be I'm betting not, money on that. I'm I'm not literally gonna bet you money, and I'm not entirely certain that they do. But I'm just saying, you know this show, bro. You know we're getting new characters up to the end. It will be Dawson's Creek of them to do. It, you know what? It will be. I, I'm at this point. I'm almost expecting it. All right. Second episode was uh, super fun, and uh, I can really subscribe to the Pacey Joey dynamic. But then Eddie walks back into that picture, fucking ruining it. In my opinion, Dawson should have made the boob movie, but we'll see what happens when he follows his quote unquote dream, making uh, Creek Days too. And then the vibe of the three pack comes to a grinding halt. When the last episode of the last three pack in the history of Dawson's Creek is there. The only positive we get out of it is that Dawson is 100% focused on being a director. And we also got some really awful information like Graham's having cancer and the fact that Eddie is back. Fucking Eddie. You can see how I've gone to just I flipped 180 degree heel turn on that motherfucker. I'm I'm more pissed about Eddie being back than I am about Graham's having cancer. And that that ain't that about a bitch. Yeah. I'm I'm sad about Graham's having cancer. I'm angry about I, there's rage about Eddie. And then or, or, I left you went, you when, went full when Eddie rage. left I was like I was like kind of subscribing to that relationship and like why couldn't this work? And now I'm all like, yeah, fuck Eddie. Get out of here, man. All right. What are you, you ready to talk lately? Are you ready to talk about your predictions for the next two episodes? Yes. All right. First, we have episode nineteen, Love Lines, and episode twenty, Catch Twenty Two. Okay, Love Line. So, this is obviously going to be talking about the love lives of our characters here. So we got 
the fact that some of these people work at a hotline called The Stand, where you sit so you can stand, so you can hug. But I do want you to know that The Love Line is where these fucking people are all calling too, and these fucking lovebirds at The Love Line fucking jen and supernatural they're just kind of like oh look at my awesome haircut and jen's like oh, i'm so jealous my haircut's terrible and they're just going back and forth about haircuts and then they're giving advice to the people calling so like pacey's calling he's all like oh man he's like my girl left me for this guy that left across the country and now he came back but just for like a little bit because he's going to school in the fall so maybe i can get her back then and they're like dude just let it go you know like maybe maybe burn eddie and then he's like dude i never said his name they're like dude we know what's eddie oh did you say burn eddie yeah like set him on fire yeah what about Dawson? What about Dawson? Is he getting how's he getting involved in the love lines? Like he might not be calling the love line because it seems like his love lines, the love life's on the back burner. But like, what's he doing as far as? No, yeah, we're gonna bring his love life to the front burner when he goes back to the rehab oh, to okay. see Audrey, and he's all like, "Yo, what up, girl? What up?" And this is where my old prediction's gonna come back to be full front and center in this prediction really because he's gonna be like oh man where's tony stark at and audrey's like well actually tony stark left but she's like i'm gonna get out soon and dawson's like "Mm, girl what up audrey and then maybe we could go back down that road i mean always think that in the back of your mind a hollywood wedding could happen because it's just like that's what keeps me going that's what gets me up in the morning is the fact that there could be a Hollywood wedding. Let me ask you a question about Tony Stark real quick. Dawson's trying to make a movie. She's a washed up, quote unquote, washed up former some kind of movie. Does he try to get her involved in this mix? Is he she maybe his key to something? Does she come back in that effect? Or is that is that not I'm maybe just, I'm, I'm, I don't remember. I'm just asking. I don't think so. I think Tony Stark is done, gone. We're never going to see her again. All right. So episode 20, catch 22. Pacey's going to be in some sort of bad water with his company, no matter what, he can't win, right? You think that comes into play finally, if at all, in this episode? It's got to. And hopefully he didn't (laughs) didn't put any of Dawson's money in there. But maybe that's the thing. He did put Dawson's money in there, and it's going to screw Dawson just as much as it screws him, maybe. Right? How hard do you think? Or like, so let's say that does happen. Is Dawson Zen enough to be able to deal with that, or does he get pissed? Does it, I feel is like it Dawson at fracture? this point. Dawson's someone drove into Gail's house and he didn't get mad. Dude, if he so gets cool. mad over money with Pacey, then it's whatever. I could see him being a little salty since he's putting his hopes and dreams on there, but I can't foresee it being another like fracture in their friendship. That would be a little That's much what I'm for saying. me. Again, I don't remember. Joey, for sure, is going to realize that Eddie's going to have to go back to L.A. at some point. And, she, and she's staying in Boston, and right? And she's going to be staying in Boston, I assume, unless she's, like, transferring to the L.A. chapter of Worthington. Um, that's not how colleges work. There's not an L.A. chapter of Worthington. I'm just trying to make it work in, within the, the confines of Dawson's Creek TV I, uh, show. But I think but I think that's the deal though. She's made it pretty clear that Worthington is her dream. Joey, I mean, maybe did, would she change her dream 
for a guy? Would she leave Worthington for any guy? Do you think she'd do that? Or is she going to have to come to terms with the fact that her and Eddie are going to have to put this shit on hold until I feel they like, get together? Yeah, and she can't put things on hold. As much as she thinks she can, she has to be trying to pursue something. She's been doing that ever since. Do you think she could do long distance, though? Do you think they could work out a long distance thing? No. Not happening. She's proven she doesn't know how to email. <laughs> or really call. Yeah, yeah. She leaves really long messages. Back then, that was more the standard. You didn't text as much then as you did now. And now if I'm leaving someone a long message, it's because it's, like, funny to leave the long message. I couldn't tell you the last time I left an actual voicemail. That wasn't for, like, a company or something or work-related. I feel like when I leave voicemails now for people, it's just, like, funny. I'm like, this is funny. Uh, Here's the thing I'll tell you right now. If you ever call me and leave me a voicemail, rest assured I have not listened to it. I have deleted it beforehand because if you needed to say something important, you texted it to me. I definitely have left you a voicemail. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, rest assured, it's only funny to you and whoever may have heard you leave it because I will never listen to it. Just text me. Just text me. Anyway. So you got anything else? What about Jack and David and all that? Do they come up at all? What happens with Grams? And maybe if you got any more about Jen and Supernatural, round this whole thing out for us, then we'll take it home. All right. So Grams is not looking good. Okay. So just two episodes, not looking good. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Jack Jack and David, not looking good, or are they still keeping on, keeping on? Keep it on. As For long another... as they're off screen, they are fucking, and no, keeping on, keeping get... on. Do you think they're off screen for another two-pack? Do we get Jack to come back? Like, literally, Jack was gone. I feel like we're going to get Jack to come back to just, like, walk through to be like, oh, Grams, how you doing, man? Grams be like, I'm not doing good, Jack. I'm not doing good. And Jan will just be like, she's not doing good, Jack. She's not doing good. And Jack's just be like, oh, man, that's terrible. Well, me and David really got to go out to dinner tonight. So I'll holler at you like next week if you're still around. And Grandma's be like, well, I hope you, you two fellas have a good night. Oh, she's trying to fucking hook. She's like, get David in this hospital room right now. I'm going to try and get you both hard. I did it. I did it for Jen. I'll do it for you guys. Like, let's go. You fellas can have a good night. Jack's like, listen. Good night. Have a good night. Take these condoms. I won't need them anymore, Jack. I won't need them anymore. Gramps, listen. I get plenty hard on my own. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay, Jack. And then everyone gets hard. The whole hospital's hard. Wizard dick magic. Uh, Well, now that we're talking about that, I think it's clear we're done talking about anything. So you can catch all of our episodes over on Spotify, over on Apple Podcasts, and most importantly, and of course, at 50randyquades.com. We're coming at you every Monday for the next three weeks, at least, with our Creek Chat. We'll holler at you with further details about what's to follow. You've always got the main feed of 50 Randy Quades and hashtag Cage Talk Edition coming at you the first of the month and the 15th of the month. And of course, that's always theoretical. So I feel like we can drop the littlest bit of knowledge of what's to come next after Creek Chat. And I would say this, there's definitely going to be a break. Well, that's obvious and I think clear. We started doing it between seasons. Uh, and I hope our listeners uh, understand that sometimes you just need to step back for a couple of weeks, maybe a little more. I'm feeling engines. like at least a month. I'm going to say it's at least a month. That's a great number to start with, ladies and gentlemen, at least a month. But when we come back, we're going to have some fresh content for you. And you might be surprised. It's going to be our series two of TV talk. And 
it's going to be different in the aspect of this is six seasons. This is only one season that we're doing of the next show. And, and just as theoretical, we're kicking things around right now. The idea is maybe moving forward from there, keeping it to shows that maybe went one to three seasons, you know, with shorter episode runs. Just to kind of be able to keep it fresh and talk about something new a little more often. Because we've dedicated over a year of nearly weekly episodes to doing Greek Chat. And as much fun as I've had, it's a lot of time to dedicate to one thing and stretch out over such a long period of time. I'm itching for something different. I don't watch a whole lot of other TV shows on top of what do we do here. This takes up enough time, right? Plus wrestling, other shit. We're going to come at you with maybe some one-hit wonders. Maybe something that had a little bit more to it, but... You'll see, and I think you'll enjoy it all. I'm subject matter, always up for discussion. Not always going to be a hot teen drama. Sometimes it might be. It definitely might continue to be a hot teen drama in the series, too. In fact, I can guarantee it. Teen drama. So just keep that in your mind. We'll give you more details specifically about what. And, of course, go to 50randyquades.com to check that out. And until next time, as we approach the first of our triple threat of Dawson's Creek 2 packs. Always remember, we We be be creaking. creaking.